Coming to you live from the weird side of the nerdverse, I'm Kyle. And I'm Heather. And we're here for your listening confusion. Join us bi-weekly as we go off on tangents about some of our favorite things. Like movies, TV shows, games, random weird stuff, books, awesome podcasts we love, and pretty much whatever else strikes our fancy. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of Into the Nerdverse and IT and me. Tonight's going to be Into the Nerdverse and we have a special guest with us tonight. Uh, But before we get to that, I do have to go over some kind of sad information, some sad news. Uh, It is temporary though, which is good. So with everything that's kind of been going on with the COVID virus, unfortunately Heather has had to take some time off to kind of refocus on her day job and some other stuff that's going on. She's also got a family business that her and her husband have been kind of uh, working and getting up off the ground and having some stuff going on with that. So hopefully they'll be, she'll be coming back before too long. Uh, we'd love to have her back. So make sure you guys go over to our Facebook page and just kind of throw her out there, throw out there, you know, uh, thinking about her, trying to get her back, you know, let her know that you guys want her back, trying to get her back as quickly as possible. So, uh, hopefully everyone out there is staying safe during all of this quarantine and lockdown. But tonight we have a YouTuber and live streamer from Twitch who has agreed to make an appearance. Still trying to figure out why, but he did. Uh, Frosted and Frosted GH, right? Yeah. Yeah. You uh, live stream primarily like uh, kind of was a gu- Guitar Hero style, Rock Band style yeah. games. Guitar Hero, Rock Band, Colonial Hero, Phase Shift, that sort of deal. Okay, cool. So, yeah, you want to go ahead and tell uh, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, your channel, and go ahead and do a free uh, free plug. <laughs> nice self-advertisement. Shameless. Right? Uh, Shameless. What I do is essentially pressing buttons, but very fast. And I do it sequentially, and then people watch it. And it sounds, you know, silly, but it, it works. It, it's fun. It's good content, you know. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what most people who work in front of a computer do. They just don't have an audience, so. Right. And they might not be doing it to music either. I, there's a little bit that's of, like, true. sound to it. And I think, it's, I feel like yours has a little bit more skill, and it's probably a bit more fun. Maybe, maybe. It does get a little <laughs> frustrating sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen some of your... Just like uh, any game does. Yeah, I've know. seen some of your live streams, and honestly, I, I don't think I could do... Uh, no, no. Nope, yeah. I'm good. I can't do that. I can't click that fast. Mm-hmm. When it comes to games that are rhythm games that are specifically about you improving off of your own skill base, there's always going to be that little feeling of frustration because you know that you should be able to do this thing, and whenever you can't, it's a bit frustrating. But right. I think that's kind of important as well because if you're not getting genuine emotions out of the game that you play all the time, I don't think that you really truly enjoy that game. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's uh, like rage quitting out of Call of Duty lobbies. Sometimes you have to get a little bit frustrated. (laughs) That's cool, man. So kind of how did you get started in on uh, on live streaming and playing games on YouTube? And what kind of led you down that path? (laughs) It was something entirely unrelated to uh, Guitar Hero. I used to watch uh, Syndicate back in 2010. Yeah, and I thought, wow, this guy's cool. I'm going to be that one day. So I actually, I I made a Twitch account when I got my first laptop. 
and I like pointed my laptop at my TV screen and played zombies like on Black Ops 1 and 2. Nice. <laughs> and honestly, as scuffed as that was, I was pulling 40 viewers back then. It, it kind of fell off whenever I transitioned into Bloons Tower Defense, but you know, different times. <laughs> yeah. Now there's a lot of people think... who are doing uh, Bloons Tower Defense. Oh yeah. Uh, BTD ISAB comes to mind. It's a great yeah. community, honestly. Uh, but then I made a YouTube account and whenever I made a YouTube account, uh, one, I started off as the typical 12 year old, Hey guys, I'm playing Minecraft by the way. <laughs> uh, but whenever I realized that was garbage, uh, I started using my YouTube account just as a way to keep track of the accomplishments I did on Guitar Hero. Right. Because, uh, if I was constantly recording, if I was constantly playing, I'd always have something to upload and I'd always have this location that I could see my progression on. I never really treated it as something that would be watched by other people, at least until it started to. And uh, I gained about maybe 500 to 600 subscribers and then Facebook stole one of my videos and it got 68 million views on that platform. Holy so, cow. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, that video alone got like 300k on my end but at the same time that is massive you know yeah so how did you so get that did, how did facebook it. when that facebook stole it what do you like what did they use it for they use it in one of their ads or uh some random page it was like uh some gaming page just saw my video and decided hi copyright is garbage how about i just steal your video don't credit you and put it on my page uh so they did that but luckily i was slightly smart and i had my youtube name on screen visually so even go. though they didn't credit me people still could see the account name so some people 300,000 of the 68 million or whatever decided to come over and that was cool. And they, they watched the one video, maybe about 4,000 people subscribed, but that's 4,000 more than what I had before. So that was a great kickstart. But the one problem with that is that kind of puts the person, me in this case, into a, wow, I am never doing that again. Now my now I feel like a failure. <laughs> oh, but... Wow. Yeah, I yeah, get that. So I think that was, I think that was early 2017 that happened. So... Okay. Uh, after which I started trying to branch out. Like I would go onto random Facebook pages and say, Hey, I'm the guy that did the thing. Can I stream on your page for like three hours? And they're like, sure. So for a while I was doing Facebook streams and while they were doing great on Facebook, there was pretty much no transfer to my YouTube channel because the only people who were watching me was like, wow, look at this dork. <clears throat> right. <laughs> for like oh, however long I streamed. And it was, it was fun, you know, for the time it was a good experience taught me what it was like to be in front of an audience and i think that was pretty necessary for whenever i started streaming all the time on twitch okay. but uh i had like a little bit of a rough period because you know 17 year old making random videos has no idea what they're doing is very enticed by uh stream teams that uh you share us we'll share you <laughs> oh uh, yeah. yeah that didn't go well it was like Team MZ and uh, Streamers Connected or something that I was in for like seven months. And I got raided like three times out of the seven months. And then I realized, it, but I would be getting those anyway if I wasn't part of you. <laughs> so eventually got rid of that. And uh, I stayed around the two to 10 average viewer mark on Twitch for a while until um, I tried hopping on a trend and the trend at the time i don't know you might have seen a sigh on youtube 
play like Soulless 4. So that was a popular thing and it was known by people. It was kind of like a household. Oh yeah, Soulless, Exilord, cool, a funny uh, tappy song, whatever. So I started grinding for Soulless 5 to get the FC on that. FC stands for full combo for those unaware, 100% of the notes hit, no combo broken. Started going for that, trying to get that. It was a 17 minute song, 10,699 notes. And it was the single most annoying thing I've ever done, but it also got me partnered on Twitch and started my, you know, started where I am now. And it was the first time that I genuinely earned more than a 300,000 view video on YouTube. So nice. it wasn't stolen from Facebook. It, it was just, I did it. And that was me. And I felt good about that. So nowadays I'm doing a lot better because of that. And yeah, it's kind of led to where I'm at now. That's really cool. So that's kind of the your method for generating more content, or not necessarily content, more viewers now. Right. I mean, I can go back and do more soulless songs, but I think during the time that I was doing that, it generated enough attention to where people kind of stayed because somebody being frustrated while they're playing a video game is very entertaining to right. like the masochistic 13 year olds of the internet. And those people stayed around and now, you know, I'm doing well. Nice. That's really cool. It's uh, it's it's a different line of work that you don't get to hear a lot about from the other side of it. You know, we see all these uh, live streamers on Twitch or people who are uh, big YouTubers um, on mm -hmm. that everyone knows the name of like uh, Mr. Beast Mode and uh, all of them. And you always kind of wonder like, what was what? How did they get started? How did all that happen? So it's really it's really cool to hear that side. So thank you. Um, yeah, I, I've watched some of your content and it's it's really entertaining. It's a lot of fun um, to kind of see you know the different games that you play and uh, watching a lot of your right. your playing the songs. Um, mm -hmm. It's really impressive what you do too, like generating that content for the entertainment value. That's seriously like don't let anyone ever try and undercut that. Yeah. Speaking and of which, is... oh, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say it is a decent amount of work. I mean, it's not as much as some YouTubers because like the editing side of things isn't that large. I just kind of clip my live stream. But I think the amount of time that I have to put into actually practicing the skill set makes up for that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's something you have to keep on top of. I mean, that's you can't just oh, yeah. let it slip for any length of time or you're back to square one. At least for me. I don't know. For you, it may just be a natural talent. But for me, you know, if I stop playing video games yeah. of any kind for any length of time, I'm trash for like the next two months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, it, it is very similar. So, okay, um, I actually had a different question I was gonna ask, but this kind of leads into a better question in reality. When you're playing games now, like the Guitar Hero style, the Clone Hero style, and the other games that you stream that you're really good at, keeping on top of that, keeping that skill level up, does it ever turn into like actual, I won't say like actual work, but you know, when you're working a day job, you get this point where you're like, I don't want to go into work. I don't want to do it today. And you just force yourself to do it anyway. Does that ever happen to you? That, that was the case while I was grinding to get partner on Twitch. I did not want to get up and do it because the only way that I was able to generate extra viewers at that time was to play this 17 minute, very boring and very frustrating song over and over again for three and a half hours. Nowadays, I can kind of just do whatever I want and people stick around. But at the time I had to 
always make sure that I was above 75 viewers. Because if I wasn't, then my chances of getting partner were just gone. Because while Twitch says, just have over 75 uh, concurrent viewers at a certain amount of time and just do these things. Whenever they actually check your partner application, they just say no. And then they you say, they don't really give a real reason why they say no. They just kind of say, uh, yeah, while you meet our requirements, uh, you know, yeah, garbage non-answer uh, yeah. to the question. And I think one time I got denied because I changed my Twitch username and they're like, uh, well, either the account that you applied on is uh, temporarily disabled or no longer exists. How how do you not have a user ID system? <laughs> no kidding. Like, how do, how do they not link that? Yeah. It, it, and I didn't even change it much. Uh, the original account name was FrostedGH3, and I changed my name to FrostedGH. I took off a number from my username, and then I had to wait two more months to reapply. Wow. <laughs> it was so bad. Uh, that whole process, the 17-minute song grind, uh, I stretched out seven and a half months until I got partnered. So over a year, I was doing the exact same thing for multiple hours a day, every day. And yeah, that that did feel like you know clockwork. Just waking up, doing a part, doing the uh, same garbage. But now it's fine. I, I also can take breaks from this specific game if I want to play like Minecraft, play Crunker, play whatever I want to. Mm -hmm. And that's also good. That's really cool. Yeah, no, that's that's that was one of the things I was kind of wondering. Like, I, I when you watch all the different streamers, it's like okay, there's got to be a point in time where you've you've played. 80 hours of this game in the last week just on live stream god only knows yep. what you've done in private <laughs> how do you not want to just like destroy the game delete it from your computer and be done so it, it kind of makes me feel good inside to know that no no it's yeah they do love the game but at some point in time you're still yeah. kind of going no 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 no. i don't want to do this anymore but you're still having to do it it's not all sunshine and, mm -hmm. and rainbows <laughs> well yeah <laughs> Especially whenever you're doing a partner grind. I know my friend right now is grinding for partner and he's been doing so for six months. And every single time that he's trying to do a song that gets people, you know, to watch more, he ends up getting it within a week and then has to find something even more annoying to go for. Oh man. <laughs> so he's done he's done Pulse of the Maggots by Slipknot on uh Rock Band 4. That took him a while, but he did it and then had no more content while he was applying for partner so he switched to uh what was it through the fire and flames 165 percent speed which he's doing right now wow. and he's getting close to it so if they deny him another time for whatever reason because twitch is twitch then <laughs> he's going to have to deal with that for a bit longer which is frustrating and it really sucks that that's how getting partnered on twitch works man that's that's insane. What about YouTube? Have you have you done any uh, partnerships with YouTube or started getting the the silver button or anything like that? I've tried to, uh, but Twitch has this sort of uh, contract system where if you are partnered on their website and don't generate enough uh, on your own side to be able to uh, be considered, you know, relevant to the site, they do not allow you to live stream anywhere else. Really? Unless you're averaging like 500 to 600 viewers, you are contracted to only live stream on their website. And if you go anywhere else, your uh, verification is terminated. Wow. That's insane. So, I, 
the only thing I can do on YouTube is upload VODs or edited content, just no live streams. And the thing that sucks about that is live streams are the best way to get subscribers on YouTube because it recommends the content a lot more. Uh, right. Whereas with just uploading videos, you have to either put a lot of work into your videos, that way people have long amounts of watch time on them, or you just have to do it as frequently as possible, which is the route I've decided to go with, you know, little bits of edited videos thrown in every so often because I enjoy making those. They're interesting. Yeah. Just so you'll know, I, I did throw up uh, on our on the Twitch stream that we're on right now, kind of uh, one of your YouTube videos, just to kind of give people an idea of uh, some of the content that you produce. That way they can go out and check you out. It does show your YouTube channel. Um, so, but yeah. Uh, which one? Out of curiosity. Uh, it is the 125% uh, <laughs> speed FC, best of FC 2012 on 125% speed. Oh, yeah. Constant so, Motion 125. That was yeah. a fun one. Yeah, it, it's, it looks really, really intense. Time. Yeah. That looks like a lot yeah, of fun. That specific song uh, first got done back on Guitar Hero 3 in 2012 by my friend Gamo, who now goes by Well Done Shellfish. And at the time, that was disgusting because uh, on Guitar Hero 3, we didn't know that we guitars were capable of high pull rates. So we were stuck with an Explorer that only pulled the computer at 5ms. Uh, and whenever you're playing a game like Guitar Hero, where every single individual timing frame is, you know, important, and you can only pull the computer at 5ms, it makes every single thing you do require more accuracy. So right. the fact that he did that way back then is disgusting. And I had to like <laughs> put, I had to put so many modern methods into that, like rake strumming, which no one would have known even existed back then. So, <laughs> so I still feel like his accomplishment back then was better. I don't know. It's still impressive. What both of y'all did was really impressive for, for those of us who, I think I have a decent idea of kind of what you're talking about. Can you break it down a little bit when you're talking like the, the Wii guitar, or Wii guitar that you could play oh. on PC and yeah. the, the strum rate and all so, that. Break it down for uh, us clubs. <laughs> yeah, around late 2017, uh, Asai found this one company called Rafnet, which created a classic Wii controller adapter, which turned a wireless Wii guitar into a wired guitar just by plugging the adapter in. And the thing that was fantastic about that is not only were Wii guitars a lot cheaper than the guitars we were buying and using at the time, Explorers, which were usually around 40 to $50, uh, wireless Les Pauls usually went for like 20. So not only was the adapter making it cheaper to play the game, the adapter itself had the capability to pull up to a thousand hertz or one ms so that means every single input change could be measured five times faster to the computer than the previous explorer so wow if you made if you made a single input switch so let's say you were holding green on the first millisecond and then the next millisecond you let go of green and then the next millisecond you pressed it back that guitar would be able to tell that you did that, whereas Explorers back then could not. So it generated this sort of meta, which is kind of strange in the community right now, where since everyone has these super high polling guitars, you can pretty much throw your guitar against the wall and hit a Quintzig. It's just <laughs> like there's wow. the actual skill required to do like high notes per second quad methods was just as simple as holding your fingers at a certain shape and smacking the guitar really hard. So 
that made it, uh, you know, a lot easier for a lot of people to get into the game, but it also took a lot of the skill out. Uh, like with the constant motion FC in specific, the one that you showed, uh, way back when, whenever you tried to do those quad zigs, every single input had to be accented. Every single um, change of motion had to be, you know, wrist rotation. Every single thing had to make sense to the guitar and to the game that you were doing. Whereas nowadays you kind of just hit it really hard at an angle and it works. Wow. That's so, still, hey, that's still really impressive that, you know, you had to take the time and find it out. It just kind of goes more to show yeah. your trade is really, it's a trade. <laughs> it's not just something that not anyone can just pick up a Guitar Hero guitar and start smashing keys and get a thousand likes on YouTube. There's quite a right. bit more to it. You actually have to know, you know, here's how this, this guitar works versus this other guitar, how to press the buttons in a certain order. It's, and it's really cool. Back in 2012, 2013, whenever I first started playing the game, there wasn't a such thing as slide tapping, rake tapping, rake strumming. All these modern methods that duplicate inputs to be able to allow you to tap faster or to strum faster did not exist. Everything was right hand, left hand, right hand, left hand, or up, down, up, down on the strum bar. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, based on the work of myself on Abition QC, on Drowsy, on a few other people, we started coming up with these methods. Like uh, rig tapping, for instance, is instead of just pressing the button down and then picking your hand up and then pressing it again, you're taking multiple fingers and sliding on the edge of the fret. That way, instead of just doing one input with one motion, you're doing three inputs with one motion. So that was around 2015 whenever uh, I think it was Ornish, myself, and Drowsy came up with that together. And we started making use of that a lot more. And people thought it was very silly at the time because, oh, what is that going to be useful for? And then once we did Monster Trail, they're like, oh, okay, so that's all that's going to come of it. We ended up breaking the notes per second record on trills by over two times. I think wow. the notes per second record at the time was 34 on trills. And we brought it up to 70. Wow. So. <laughs> we uh, a bit of a we, step we raised up. it. Yeah, so people realized, oh, this method's cool. It works. It does things. And uh, more people started getting used to it, and more people started being able to make their own variations of it. Like, if you did a descending triplet, so if you rolled your middle finger to your first finger, and then you slid your first finger from the lower fret to the higher one, that also duplicates an input. So in one motion, you can do a triangle that would normally require two. And... Okay. Uh, same thing with disjointing. Uh, if you were to rake tap, like you do three fingers on one button, but rotated your hand a bit so that it would do three individual inputs across multiple frets, you could do ridiculously fast, complex trills with one motion, which became a bit more meta just recently, even though I kind of figured out how, how to do it back in 2017. A lot <laughs> more people have been using it now, which is right. very cool. And uh, it's nice to see that even though that this is a game about five plastic buttons, new tech can be found, which isn't tech based on how the game works. It is physical human tech. And that's wow. so cool. Like uh, it's just teaching your fingers how to do specific things in different ways. Right. Mm -hmm. That's that's really cool. That is really cool actually. Uh, it's kind of, it's gotta be kind of nice to kind of look at the, how, you've impacted the community and kind of see how things are taking effect and how uh, you're you're actually influencing kind of how yeah. things are going, right? Well, I can, I can think that, right? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I think if I ever made that known to people, people would start saying, wow, that's toxic. <laughs> like, no, well, I yeah. came up with 
my own, but it, no, I was I was the first person to use it, first person <laughs> to popularize it. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> right, right. Well, and that and that's the thing. There's that fine line of like, yeah, no, I did this really cool thing. It's really helped a lot of people. Versus, yeah, worship me. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's really cool though. It's it's nice to hear though. You know, you're you're being modest about it for the most part. Um, <laughs> uh, and that's that's really cool. Um, so what does the kind of the future hold for you as far as like gaming and, and streaming and what are your future plans and projects that you've got? Well, for now, uh, I'm trying to make this game have an esports division. Okay. Because that's not a thing right now. And the only sort of competition that this community has is indirect, because we're mostly a single player community. There's not that right. many people that play online, even though it is an option. I'm wanting to actually make something that could be seen as a competitive scene, because there's games like, like Osu, there's games like uh, SSDVX, uh, that have these sort of competitive communities and instead of just having like four or five top players that you watch on YouTube You have upwards of 50 or 60 that compete for money So I think if that incentive was given to this community We could see a lot more explosive growth in terms of how many people play the game Right instead of just treating it like this guitar simulator It is now like viewed as this rhythm game that could hold foot against things like Osu and uh, SSDX or DVX I don't, remember. I don't know that it's a weird game. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Chandler plays it. It's like you get this giant box that has two DJ wheels and seven buttons in the middle. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's so oh, wow. weird to see. But yeah, uh, I'd love it if that was a thing. And we got like more people involved in playing the game instead of what we got. But also, there's this problem with the current game that everyone plays, uh, Clone Hero. Uh, and that's that there's a very limited amount of devs and they don't make any money off the game because you can't really based on the patents that the other uh, companies like Activision and Neversoft and Harmonix hold. But since they don't make money off it, they don't really update it that often. So there's really right. only one game mode. There's no like precision uh, built into the game. There's no anti-ghosting built into the game. There's no like things that you can do to purposefully increase the engine's difficulty. The difficulty comes from you just increasing the song speed or making it to where um, you do different methods to make it harder on yourself, which has, you know, shelf life. It will go on for a while, but unless like a precision mode or something is implemented, it's going to get very dull and very athletic in a way before right. it becomes skill-based. It, it'll become more about how good are your muscle fibers rather than how good can you play the game. Right. And that, yeah, I could see that. So kind of what needs to happen then, you know, to help these other third-party companies kind of become more popularized, profitable, and make this into kind of a, like, what, what are the steps that need to follow? And, you know, that way we can kind of, as a community, start kind of looking towards that as a whole. Because there's a, there's a huge uh, esports community out there that's always looking for oh, the yeah. new game. And right now, everyone's been stuck on this Battle Royale thing. I think there's something new that's going to be coming around the corner in the next two to five years. Um, yeah. Because well, people Osu's are getting tired already. Yeah, okay. O Osu is done like esports uh, for a while now uh, where they have like these people play these rhythm games and these maps and they measure their accuracy, they measure their ability, and they like place them up against each other in team events. And I think if that started to happen with Clonier, not only would the community benefit, but it would be placed more open so that people realize, oh, 
um, I don't have to get good at this monotonous one versus 99 video game. I could actually just improve off of my own skill in this rhythm game, right. which anyone can do for sure. Uh, the only problem, uh, as I mentioned before, is that the game is largely meted on how good your muscle fibers are right now. And I think they need to implement precision mode first. They need to get rid of the hero side of it and make it its own game without, you know, taking textures. That way you can make money off of it. You can start like working on the game more often and more right. updates can be made rather than just once every seven months. Yeah, that's that's kind of one of the big things with especially third party open source games that I've seen is they've got this really great mm -hmm. concept, but they just haven't figured out how to make it monetary, monetarily profitable. Mm -hmm. And they kind of right. focus it's nice to see it's like cool this exists yeah it can be better so oh for sure yeah and whenever you play games as much as i do with this one you start to notice every single individual flaw and the more it's kept in the game the longer it remains there without being addressed or fixed by the developers the more frustrating it gets even right. if it's a tiny issue like um i guess the biggest issue with the game right now in my mind is that they left a bug in the game for uh, the last two updates where star power is kept in practice mode, which doesn't sound bad, but the same button that you use to activate star power is the button that resets the section in practice mode. So your mind just says, oh, I have star power. Let me press the star power button and the section restarts, <laughs> which is very frustrating. And while that is tiny, that doesn't affect full runs that have just affects your practice experience. It's been there for a year and a half now and not been changed or addressed or updated. Uh, so it, it has gotten very frustrating over time. I'm glad they have taken some steps uh, recently to make it to where more people can see the things that they're doing. But like for the past three years, everything that they did was so secretive and so like non-public that you had no idea what was going to be in the next update. They never even addressed the bugs existed in the game, much less told you which ones were being fixed. Uh, a lot of people got frustrated at that, as you would imagine. And recently they made a launcher for the game, which allows people to play beta builds that are public, which before this, you had to sign up to be a tester, and I was one because, you know, viewership, cool, whatever. Uh, but that was that was only like 20 people in this 100,000 person community that had access to see what the developers were doing. And even then, we weren't told anything. We were just given these builds and had to figure out what changes they made. They didn't even say anything until the update came out. So I'm glad that they at least made a launcher and started a public test build system. But even then, we're still far away from it being, you know, like a normal game community would because we have very slow updates. And even with the public test build being out and like drums and stuff being implemented, it's still very slow. Right. And they have a lot more people on their team. So it wouldn't make much sense for it to stay as slow as it's been uh, whenever there was just one person working on the project. Now there's like 14 and it's wow. the same pace as if it was just one. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, it's it's a bit weird. It, we're, we're in a weird spot. I have a feeling yeah. it will get past it though. Uh, yeah. And one of the main concerns I have about it is they are working on a new game. Uh, so what we have now is Clone Hero. They're working on something called Strike Line, which okay. is basically what Clone Hero is, but they're starting from the ground up again because the main developer, Srylane, started making Clone Hero on Unity whenever he had no idea how Unity worked. 
Oh. So, yeah, there's lots of tiny little things in the code that they have to work around. And instead of just continuously adding more code on top of it and patching little tiny things, they're just restarting from the beginning with a more experienced team. And while that's cool, that means it's going to be even slower getting anything done on the thing that's public. Right, you know? right. So it's neat that it's being done, but at the same time, it's going to take forever for you to recode this game to the yeah. point where it would be as usable as it is now. Especially uh, so, since how intensive it is and how, how much there is oh, yeah. to calculate. And it's not a light game. It's not like a small no. IO game or anything like that. It, it's really, really intense. You need to have at least a thousand FPS for it to run perfectly fine. And that's, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a problem. And that's something they're hoping to address because Unity has this new uh, function or this new, I don't know what the word for it is. Something that allows um, inputs to be tracked individual from FPS. So instead of having to have your FPS at a same similar rate that your guitar would pull at, now it would play the same at two FPS that it would on a thousand. Uh, at least that's what they've said. I don't know how well that's going to work. I okay. hope it does. That would be really cool. That would be But cool. yeah, there's there's lots of things that uh, are going to be improved upon. It's just going to take forever. So we're in purgatory that at the moment. Well, and let me ask you this, just to kind of throw this extra wrench into the uh, machine that is uh, Clone Hero and, and rhythm-based gaming. What about mm -hmm. VR rhythm-based games? You know, there's a lot of those that are starting to come out, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Beat Saber's Beat Saber. been a big one. Mm -hmm. That's immediately... Beat Saber is the first one that comes to mind, but there's a couple of others too. Uh, there's yeah. one that's boxing based. There's another one that, uh, yeah, that one's actually pretty cool. That one technically, that, cool. that one came out before Beat Saber. The only reason Beat Saber outshined it was because everyone went oh, lightsabers and <laughs> freaked out because yeah, it's a lightsaber. But how do yeah. you think? Kind of, you know, you've been in the game longer than I have, obviously, uh, as far as you know, rhythm games. Um, mm -hmm. What what are your thoughts on kind of how? how the VR rhythm-based gaming is going to influence uh, the current method of rhythm-based gaming? Or is it at all going to affect it? Well, probably not so much in the Clone Hero community because we have a specialized controller right. that is made by the original first parties. They don't make them anymore. We're stuck with them. No one new is making new controllers. So there's probably no reliable way of making it you know, into a VR game unless you created your own custom controllers. And that would be cool, but that takes a lot of money. Yeah. And I don't think that we can generate enough to be able to start making that happen, at least at the current point. Maybe once Strike Line comes out, I don't know. Right. But, I mean, there have been people who've played Clone Hero in VR, like with the shoddy, you know, just run the window, but wear the helmet, you know? And right. it, does, it does work. It does play fine, but at the same time, it's kind of just like playing it on your monitor anyway. There's not much improvement other than uh, having a bit more visibility. But games like Osu, I feel, could really Im be improved by like uh, uh, by VR. Because with Osu, your controller is either your mouse or a tablet pen. And oh. uh, I think, think that if they made something like Osu, where you have to point at the circle and then click separately, but with the VR controllers, and like s swirling it around in your room to point at something, that could be extremely fun. It would also be a lot harder than uh, Beat Saber <laughs> because it would yeah. probably take your entire field of view. Uh, but that would be really cool to see. Like, uh, I don't know if you've seen Kokizi's stream before on mm -hmm. Osu, 
But these these Osu players do stuff that I can't even comprehend. I can't visually read. I'll be honest. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to find a Osu video that you've got posted on YouTube, so I can. I've, I can oh, show. I've never done that. Never, okay. never posted a Osu. I'm very bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing I use it for is improving my aim on Crunker, if that makes any sense. <laughs> okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm gonna pull, see if I can pull one up and, and show it. So yeah, like look idea. up, look up Freedom Dive on Freedom Osu. Dive. Yeah, that's like one of their bigger songs on there. Either that or the Big Black, but uh, Freedom Dive is a good example of just how ludicrously insane this game gets. Uh, All right, and yeah, with I've the circle-based gameplay. I feel like that could transfer very well to a VR 3D environment. Yeah. Okay. I, I've, I've got Freedom Dive up right now. One of the people playing it. The the only comment that I've got so far that I could see it kind of scaring some of the existing esports community. Holy God. Yeah. Right. It's insane. Ah. <laughs> uh, wow. That's yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is basically like uh, Just Dance. 2000 edition on a keyboard kind okay of. Uh, <laughs> you, point, you point at the circle mm. and then you press z or x on your keyboard and then that hits it and wow that alone makes the game easy to get into but whenever you see people do that sort of thing at that fast of a frequency it makes absolutely no sense how one you could even read it two how you can react to it that fast or, or three, how your fingers can even do the Z and X as quickly as they do, you know? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. That's that's insane. Yeah, that would be interesting to do in VR, I think. Um, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sorry, I'm I'm still kind of blown away by this guy. This this is. <laughs> yeah. But what I was gonna say was the only thing that I could see this becoming a potential issue for the existing like esports community and even community of gamers right now. It, Osu's got kind of got that almost anime style of you know cartoonish yeah. girl. Sure. I mean, it's in the name Osu. It's probably I'm guessing a Japanese company. I feel like that scares a lot of people off. Um, yeah, other than and that, kinda... that's the great thing about like uh, Strike Line and Clone Hero. It right. is entirely uh, neutral in uh, like build quality, and uh, there's nothing really anime based. There's no cartoon based. There's no characters. There's right. no storyline. It is all about your gameplay. Yeah, it, and honestly, it's a lot of people treat it like it's a plastic or a guitar simulator. And uh, I mean, it kind of makes sense. I, I feel it's more similar to just a rhythm game with a strangely shaped controller. You know? <laughs> a That's about a it. strangely shaped controller. Yeah. That's funny. That's about where it's at. Uh, and I think that's a lot more easy to get into. The only problem is guitars are expensive and yep. rare to come by. So uh, we do have people in the community working on that. XX760 and Bliss specifically take broken controllers, fix them, uh, like hardwire everything together, replace all the parts, and then sell it to people. And that's cool. You know, it gives people an option for a very reliable guitar. Because right, right now, uh, there's a bit of randomness whenever you buy a guitar that's not custom. Because right. um, with strum bars, some strum bars, whenever you take your finger, press down on it, and then slide past, will strum multiple times. Some won't, some will do it consistently, and some will do it inconsistently. If you can find one that does two strums when you flick down and two strums when you flick up, 
you have the perfect guitar. But whenever you're not modding it specifically to do that, you only got like a one in six chance of getting a guitar that does that, which is wow. entirely random. And there's no way of knowing what guitar yours will be unless you talk to the seller first and get them to install Clone Hero, which most of the time it's a 50 year old uh, woman uh, who just wants to sell their now college kids old toys. So they don't, they don't know about uh, what Clone Hero is. They don't want to try to install or get it to work or even have a Raftnet adapter to get it to work. So right. it, it's mostly random. Well, not only that, from what I'm seeing online, it looks like the last Guitar Hero that was produced was in 2015. So even if you wanted to get like new yep. Guitar Hero guitars, those, you couldn't that either. That guitar isn't compatible with, uh, yeah. with what we do. So it's a six fret guitar. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Yeah, because yeah, you guys are doing uh, five frets. Right. I mean, there is six fret compatibility in Clone Hero. You can right. do that, but it's entirely different. You got like the three buttons on two lanes. And there are people that take that so ridiculously far. I don't <laughs> understand. I, that's another thing I can't even read. Like, how do you differentiate between black and white frets whenever you have hyperspeed 20 on? There, there is no logical sense to that. It, but then again, I guess a lot of people feel the same way about what I do. So yeah you know no, uh, i'm one of those people i kind of look at your game plan i go yep nope i'm out see you later <laughs> uh-uh yeah. no my fingers do not do that <laughs> that's kind of cool so um wow so i've learned a lot about rhythm gaming tonight um hopefully yeah. our viewers as few of them as there are and our podcast listeners will kind of learn some as well so for any of the, anyone who's kind of got some uh interest to either get into streaming or youtubes or even rhythm gaming you know do you have any advice for them? Anything you'd recommend? Uh, well, the first thing that I recommend is to enjoy the game wholeheartedly before you ever even think about improving at it. Because if you don't enjoy what you're doing, if you're not able to play it casually and have fun, it is going to be the most painful and boring experience ever to get better <laughs> at it. <laughs> like yeah. that's how I that's how I feel with like Fortnite. A lot of people want me to like get better at it. I'm just like. I can't stand having the program on my computer and you want yeah. me to get better at it. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, I'm the same way. I've got friends that are like, yeah. you should get on Fortnite. No, no thank you. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm good. good. I'm good. I, I would rather, I'd rather not ever. Yeah. Although the, speaking of Fortnite, a friend of mine's nephew that I was talking to this weekend, kid's 11 years old and he's already making money on Fortnite. Not live streaming, wow. not doing YouTubes, not anything like that. Just playing the damn game because they I have... They have uh, challenges weekly and you can compete in these challenges and earn money. And they're right. not like every, once a week, they're every day of the week, there is a new you know, challenge or chapter or whatever the hell they call it. I'm sitting here going, hold on, how in the hell is there any one game that has enough money that they can do that? How many players <laughs> are they generating? Uh, with Fortnite, uh, they have cow. a very, very cool system. And I don't play the game. I have no idea what the community is like. I just understand that whenever you have a free-to-play game uh, that makes all of its money off of microtransactions, and these microtransactions are so prevalent that a lot of people use them, and you know, and you can help creators with it. They have like a lot of community-based functions with these microtransactions. You generate a lot of revenue. And if you take even 1% of that and give it back to the community in the form of prizes, you have a ludicrous amount of opportunity for more people to enjoy the game. Not for the, me, but you know. <laughs> I, I think you're the first person I've ever heard who had anything good to say about Fortnite, who's <laughs> over the age of 18. I, I'm, yeah. 
I'm just saying. I admire the developers' work to it, because at least they're the type of company that whenever they release something overpowered, it is patched out, removed, or fixed within the next two days. They don't yeah. keep it there. They get it done quickly. And I'm, I, I like companies that do that, even if I don't enjoy their game. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, that's actually kind of cool. Um, mm -hmm. Man, it almost makes me feel bad for hating on Fortnite, even though it is an absolutely trash game. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's got good developers i'll give them it's got that. good developers yeah the game itself may be toxic as hell but you know mm. oh that's amazing okay cool um so maybe we need to start seeing more third-party and indie game companies take fortnite's approach god i can't believe i just said those words <laughs> wow all right you know 2020 is shaped up to be one of the weirdest years all right look oh, yeah. we opened up with almost world war three then we got the plague and now we're hearing people say good things about fortnite the hell's next godzilla big chungus is gonna be big chungus. Own, it's gonna be in its own concert pretty soon <laughs> along with pickle rick pickle. you know i saw a man turn himself into a pickle funniest shit i've ever seen oh of course oh man um god big chungus is now the easter bunny <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm picturing that right now. I can see it. It's like Just walking around, walking around, handing people eggs. I'm too lazy to hide these sons of bitches here. Just eat it. <laughs> <laughs> oh Great. man, cool. Um, we got a few minutes left. Uh, <laughs> God. Um, so what other games do you play that uh that you either live stream or that you just kind of enjoy? On your in your downtime when you're not you know hammering out some rhythm based games a couple uh minecraft is a good start i don't think any of the competitive servers are fun anymore in fact they are garbage because they don't know what an anti-cheat is uh but the what actual gameplay is interesting like uh because you can always mod the game you can always change the core functionality of it yeah. to ch change your experience or you can just play with friends and make an experience out of it that isn't part of the base game and that's nice. It's a sandbox, you know. You can be creative yeah. with it. You can have a lot of fun, do stuff. I'm waiting for Hytale to come out because I have a feeling that that's going to take what Minecraft is and make it easier to modify and give an RPG feel to it because I love Terraria. I don't play Terraria anymore, but I love the game and I love how it's structured. And if you take Terraria mechanics and put them into Minecraft with Gmod's capabilities, you have something that's infinitely cool. Okay, so this is the there's... first time I've ever heard of Hytale, honestly. I'm kind of looking it okay. up right now. Yeah, so Hypixel is a company that made the Minecraft server the most popular right. one of all time. They actually capped out at 90,000 concurrent viewers last summer, wow. which is ridiculous for a single Minecraft server. 90,000 people playing at the same time. But aside from that, their server sucks. Because <laughs> the anti-cheat just does nothing. <laughs> it's like a slap on the wrists at yeah. most to these people who have infinite alt accounts and these uh, programs and cheats that are indetectable or undetectable based on the game. Because Minecraft 1.8, uh, which is the update they're on, has no API that allows the server to the user to be able to tell when the user is doing something wrong. Because as long right. as the user client tells the server that it's doing something right, even if it isn't, it's just going to believe it. Right. So unless you have as many staff as you have players to constantly watch every single match, you are going to have cheater issues. And that's not really the fault of Hypixel. It's more the fault of Mojang for being kind of silly with how they changed the combat system and made it to where 
servers on 1.9 plus can't really exist uh well at least competitively and to be fair that's that's a microsoft thing that's just how microsoft does all the shit and then (laughs) true notch i have a feeling notch would have already had a patch for that by now i mean oh probably uh that aside like hightail is a game that they're making separately they they got funding from epic the fortnite guys uh to be able to like fund this game and make it happen and if you look at the trailer itself not only does it look like a mix of Terraria and Minecraft with a really cool texture base, mm. it's got so much potential for modding uh, that they basically have all the modding tools built into the game. A- as a creator, you can open up the game and start coding mods without any idea what coding is inside the game itself. Okay. And unlike Minecraft, where you have to install these mods separately to join a server, according from what I've seen, you'll just click join and it'll install before you join. So that will make modding a lot easier. It's kind of like exactly like Gmod, you know, whenever you join a server that has mods, it installs them Uh, But with Minecraft and Terraria RPG mechanics as the base. And that's really cool. It's probably not going to be out for a year, but I'm looking forward to that. Another game that I play on the side that's completely unrelated. I mean, it's kind of related. Yeah, yeah. Crunker.io. It is. I've, I've played that a couple times. Yeah. It's a .io game that is. It kind of looks like a Roblox server in a way, uh, at least graphics-wise. But it right. plays a lot like Quake, and uh, that's really cool because the entire basis of the game is while it works like Call of Duty, you have the movement and the skill ceiling of Quake, and that is super cool. It, it yeah. makes the game very. Uh, skill oriented it makes it to where you can visually see your improvement based on match to match and that's what i really love about clone hero you can watch yourself get better at the game every single day you can learn new things about it same with crunker and i think at least in the competitive side or skill based side of things i love it whenever games do that because whenever you're playing games like fortnite apex legends whatever you don't really see yourself improve as fast or as like time because like while you do improve it's kind of just like uh passive in a way Mm -hmm. you don't really notice it with crunker with clone hero with rhythm games in general you do and the instant gratification you get from it is what keeps you playing and i get that from crunker which is why i play it nice okay Mm -hmm. so crunker and minecraft are pretty much the two that I'm not going to pressure you to talk about it anymore. I'm sure there's more, but you probably yeah. want to keep some of those private. Oh, you know, that way you don't no. have a whole bunch of... Those are the only ones. That's it. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> That's it. Those are the only three games I play. Clone Hero, Crunker, and Minecraft. There's nothing else. That's I pretty mean, diverse. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes if my friends say, hey, do this, I'll go and like get on Black Ops 3. Right. Zombies is fun. But that's it. <laughs> wow. It doesn't go much further than that. That's pretty cool. Well, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think the main reason why is because I bought Black Ops 4 uh, back when I pre-ordered it uh, and I felt so betrayed by what I received that I haven't bought a game since then. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, as as someone to the free ones, you know, as someone who's been playing since pretty much honestly, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare and World at War. Yeah, no, it's just gone so downhill. It's everything after Black Ops 3 doesn't exist for not real games black ops 3 was that iffy one where it was like it's okay the multiplayer yeah. is good the multiplayer is okay the zombies okay. is fantastic though 
Zombies wasn't bad, but... Eh. It was very easy comparatively to Black Ops 1 and 2, but at the same time, it had custom zombies, and it had both play styles with, you know, the different map types. And I think right. that's cool. It's very uh, approachable from somebody right. who's never played zombies before. You don't have to have played Black Ops 1 and 2 to enjoy it. Right, whereas the Black Ops 2, if you didn't play Black Ops 1 zombies or or uh, World at War zombies, oh yeah, it was you were hard done. to get into. You were, yeah, <laughs> John, that was it. You were good luck, have fun. And yeah. Even if you had, it was still a pain in the ass. You would play Transit and be like, "What did they do to my baby?" Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, at least they had town and farm that made up for it. But transit, what were they thinking, man? <laughs> Honestly, I I like transit. I can remember uh, there was a time. So uh, I actually do have a gaming account. I need to start streaming again, and I probably will before too long. Um, mm -hmm. But there was a time where a friend of mine and I we did a we played transit on Xbox 360 oh, you for. Poor thing. Three days. Three days. Three days. That's how long you could stand it for? I can imagine. <laughs> right. Well, no, no, no. That was one. That was one game of zombies. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, we, right. we played pretty much every day. Um, but we played yeah. one game for three days. We got to level two seventy-two, round two seventy-two or something. Because um, mm -hmm. there's, it was before they patched it. There was a glitch where if you had the riot shield. The bus right shield. Yeah, you uh, could place it in a location, and then like the zombies would farm behind it without exactly. breaking it. Exactly. So if you just got the turbine and the uh, the head chopper thingy, I think uh, whichever mm -hmm. one that killed the things, you could infinitely farm them. I remember that. That was yep. a fun one. That was a lot of fun. That's what we did, and so we'd trade off. And when one of us needed to sleep or eat or go away, the other one would just sit and camp, and you know. Uh, right. cover the other one listen to like eminem and uh, yeah right <laughs> yeah exactly the problem the problem what we ended up uh, the reason we ended up dying uh was actually not because of anything other than we just ran out of ammo and we couldn't get more ammo like we we get the last zombie and we'd run out and we go get more ammo but we ended up running out of ammo in the middle of round like 272 or something like that and it was yeah. that that was it that was yeah. done we couldn't kill any more zombies and they're just sitting there it's like well yeah, it's I mean, been you could always three use the hours. Gun, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Fair. Well, actually, back then, the jet gun was usable because if you use the Galva knuckles and then transition to it, uh, you could use it to kill four zombies in an instant without overheating the gun. But that right. was kind of advanced tech at the time. I right. don't know if you've kept up with Black Ops Two recently. The PC community has been getting really weird. Uh, there's this uh, thing called Fast Ray which if you have a free scrolling mouse and you run the game at 80 FPS and you free scroll the mouse downwards while holding the reload button, you can shoot the ray gun 80 times per second. Yeah, that's weird, right? <laughs> what? See, this is why I love the PC community because yeah, they will always find a way like to this. break things. Mm. It doesn't like console. Console's like, yeah, we found this really cool little broken thing. It's this. You set this this thing in this one spot, and it does this exactly what you want, and it's so yeah. cool. And the developers are like, yeah, we did that on purpose. And then you get the PC community, and they're like, yeah, no, I just shoot the ray gun at eighty frame at eighty times per second. Everyone's like, wait, what did you say? And they're like, yeah, yeah, no, you <laughs> don't know how to do that. Yeah. yeah, and Why while not? it's called Fast Ray, you can do it on the RPG, you can do it on the Raygun Mark II, you can do it on any god. of the guns, actually, oh, the god. if you want to. Uh, the one problem is it runs out of ammo quick, so uh, well, yeah. 
that's a good thing though, because uh, the main way that you get high rounds in Nuketown, Town, and Farm is by cycling as many ray guns as you can until the reset time hits. So if you can use those ray guns faster, you could potentially squeeze an extra couple rounds out of the reset time, which is what um, Chris Voltage has been trying to do on Nuketown. He got the world record recently of 97. Uh, and he got the world record, the first round 100 on town uh, about a year ago, which uh, was widely thought to be impossible. But now that Fast Ray is a thing, I could see 103 happening on town for sure. I could see 100 happening on Nuketown. Another thing that's very fun though, uh, there is an exploit in Mob of the Dead where if you cycle your FPS between 144 and 60 back mm -hmm. and forth, it makes the traps recharge faster. Oh. So you could pretty much keep the acid trap in Mob of the Dead active twice as long or and have it recharge twice as fast. So I could see 255 happening on Mob of the Dead given enough time and patience with these wow. weird mechanics being found out. Wow. See, again, that's why I love the PC community. The console <laughs> community couldn't do that. They never found that. They've never been able to do that. And PC community is just like, yeah, yeah no, of course. Yeah, you tried it and it worked. We did this yeah. one re really random thing that no one else would have ever thought to do, and guess what? Infinite ammo! Yeah! <laughs> I, I mean, I could see it, honestly. I, yeah. I would never have guessed that these things would have happened in Black Ops 2. Like, oh, you're just no. firing a ray gun once per frame. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. <laughs> well, and that's like the Halo community. I used to be pretty big in the Halo community. Now that it's it, it was started out as a PC game, then went to console, and now it's coming back to PC. And oh my yeah. god, it has blown up. Everyone since uh, ever since Bungie sold it to uh, 343, they've basically just you know become no one after five. No one admits that any more Halos exist. But everything up until then, it's yeah, just right. the community's exploded, and it's the same kind of thing. You know, there's this one thing that you can do that gives you this awesome feature. Uh, one guy's doing mod development, and he's actually made it where the um, oh, what's it called? forward unto dawn he brought forward unto dawn as a drivable ship in map that you can actually and you're like why but it's so cool and so overpowered and it's yeah. actually as overpowered as it is it's also really well balanced i know those two those two words don't usually go together but it's like a yeah. one hit kills everything in its path but it takes for freaking ever for it to recharge yeah, that, kind of, that I, I like that sentence you use because that's how I felt about Modern Warfare Two. Uh, <laughs> Modern Warfare Two was great because every gun was overpowered, so none of them were. Exactly. You know? Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> like, you yeah. You can say all you want. Oh, one man army new tube is so strong. Okay, so is the UMP forty five. So is the intervention. So is the ACR. So is the uh, Tar twenty one. Every gun is overpowered in that game. So. And what was the sniper? The the B B one twelve M twenty M twenty one M twenty one B E R M twenty one B E R the fast firing one, right? Uh, yeah. no, no, the the slide reloader, the one that you had like one shot and then you had to the Barrett? bolt action. No, Barrett? the bolt action. Oh, intervention. Intervention. Yeah, intervention. The intervention yeah. was overpowered. If you were if you were anyway in any way shape or form decent, intervention was yeah. overpowered as hell. Oh my god. Yeah. Like get on. Uh, it just broke the one man army noob tube. Like oh thing, yeah. Right? Oh god, yeah. So, well, hey man, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, it's been a pleasure to kind of get some input and hear some information about the streaming community and the gaming community. 
and especially the rhythm community we don't i know that that community doesn't get a whole lot of uh you know notoriety or action right now but i think that you're on the right path to make that change and see it happen i hope so that's the goal at least cool well, to all of our viewers and to all of our listeners, thanks for joining us for another episode of Into the Nerdverse. Next week, we'll be going to an episode of IT and Me. And uh, we're still looking at what the topic's going to be. We may have a guest on there, may not. just depends on how everything works out with the week. As always, stay healthy, stay clean, and uh, don't touch other people or their shit. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>